this is the part two to chronic illnesses and 19 crimes and Ruby and I just continue talking about sickle cell anemia and we get a little bit into the history of the 19 crimes wine and yeah it's a fun episode so I'm just gonna go and let you guys listen. Do you think then that living alone can be scary knowing mm. that like because you did you have been living alone okay, not right now because now you're home but yeah. before you did you were like in an apartment by yourself and yes I mean you had friends nearby so in case of anything they could always come but was, was it still like something that scares you to live on your own so um I've been living alone for like maybe three years now mm-hmm. and um I am I would say that my first year of uni, I lived in like um, a student accommodation and I had roommates. I had four other roommates, but it was still very isolating to like have that happen to me because, you know, sometimes your roommates and you are just not friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that was the case with me. Like we just, I did, we didn't hate each other, but we just weren't friends. We just yeah. lived together. That was it. Mm-hmm. So my first year of uni, I got sick very many times because I was adjusting to the new temperatures, new setting, like it was very hectic. Yeah. Um, and I found that because I'm in a new city, I do not know anyone. Yeah. The only person that I knew lived so far away from me. So like there would be times where I'd wake up and I'm sick. I cannot wait for someone to like drop their things and come to my rescue. Yeah. So living at home has honestly showed me like I'm I'm so strong in some situations in the sense that like imagine your entire body is in pain, like from your legs to your chest, to your back, to your mm. hands, your arms. You can't walk and I'm just like literally the only person I have is me. Like I can't wait for someone to come. Like some people have work, some people have exams. Yeah. They cannot do what they're doing. And I understand completely. Like I'm not even blaming them, but like, you know, like life, you know, they have their own things to do. Yeah. So I would say it's not scary because seeing the amount of times I've gotten sick and seeing how like coped. I've coped by myself and the little strength that I had, like I literally gathered myself up to take myself to hospital. I mean it's it's sad. <laughs> because yeah. I mean, like for example, where I live now currently, I live in a flat and I live on the top is like the highest floor. Mm. So I have to go down the stairs. And there's a time I got sick while I lived there so my legs were my knees were in pain I can't walk I was in my pajamas because I, I got sick when I was sleeping mm-hmm. I have to change keep in mind it's winter so I'm not wearing like a dress I have to layer up yeah so that's a lot of energy then going down the stairs but yeah like it's not scary it's something that I have now seen that I can do for myself but like obviously I would need the extra help. Like being how some someone being there for me would be extremely beneficial. Of course. Yeah. Oh, that's really intense. Like, so like you'd you'd have to call like an ambulance or like a or would you take an Uber? Because I know ambulances are a lot of money, man. Ambulances are quite expensive. I just call an Uber. Mm. Yeah, I'll just call an Uber and they'll take me to a hospital and then it like when they get there, I'll find like like once I got to hospital and I remember, I think, I don't know if my body somehow knew that, yeah, we reached. And then I remember as soon as I opened the car door, the mm-hmm. pain just intensified and I was about to collapse like on the ground. And one of the nurses was actually off duty and he was standing outside and he saw me and um, he grabbed the wheelchair and helped me inside. So, um, wait, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> You're explaining about going to the hospital. But that's actually following up. That follows up to my next question, which is, have you experienced some sort of like medical bias, Mm. whether it's in Australia or in Kenya? Because again, this is a chronic illness, but not a lot of people know about it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you work in a hospital, you should fucking know. But but you know there's cases where people just act like oh man we we don't have this so yeah like has that can you talk about the experience in kenya versus in australia receiving yeah. like medical treatment and that kind of thing so honestly speaking i 
would rather get sick in Kenya. Like, I know that sounds crazy, mm. but it makes a lot of sense considering that it's an African disease. So mm. you find that African doctors, black doctors know what to do. Yeah. But like white doctors. So like, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, like I, I would rather get sick in Kenya any day because I know, first of all, with sickle anemia, things can go from one to a hundred so quick. Yeah. Because um, it might start off as a leg pain, but then after like an hour or 30 minutes, your chest is paining. And if your chest is paining, that could be a symptom of what I mentioned earlier, acute lung, sorry, acute chest syndrome, which means that your lung could be infected. If your lung is infected, that is fatal, you know, like that. So like you have to act very quickly. And so you're encouraged like at the first sign of pain, just go. Like don't don't wait for it to get worse because it sometimes starts off mild. You just go. So like in, in Kenya, the doctors are very quick. Like I just go there and I say, what? I must I have sickle cell anemia and I'm feeling pain. I will be in the emergency room mm-hmm. in five minutes. Like they will have the saline solution next to like the drip to rehydrate mm-hmm. my body. They'll have oxygen ready. They will give me painkillers. So because of their pain intensity, I usually take very heavy painkillers like morphine. So oh. they'll have that ready and then I then they ask questions after they've done that. Yeah. But Australia, you find that I go there and I'll be like, I have sicosalanemia. Then they will dilly-dally, they'll take their sweet time. There was a day I walked into the emergency room at 4 a.m. So I got sick at like 3.30 or 3 mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning. I was in the emergency room at 4. These guys saw me at 11 o'clock the next morning. I'm sitting in the waiting room the in whole a for the whole fucking night. That's I'm telling awesome. this, I'm telling this nurse, like I'm in, I'm in pain. Like I literally, like I'm crying. I literally cannot walk. Like, as in, I'm not faking it. And I don't know what was going on in her head, but she kept saying, just wait for the doctor. And I'm like, how long do I have to wait for? Like, hey. yeah, you're sick. You're feeling pain. Exactly. exactly. So there's times where you can't even do anything when you're like abroad. You just have to wait. So I had to wait for until 11 a.m. the next morning. And then you find that also like in Australia, for example, I it feels like I'm, I, let me just say a lab rat, but they don't know what to do. So you get the doctors asking you the same questions over and over again. Like you find one doctor will come. What are you feeling? I tell them. And then someone else comes. That's the same question. I tell them. Other person comes, they ask the same question. So I'm just like, how many times do I have to, have to answer the same question? Like, don't you guys have a file? Yeah. Like, can't he just read? Mm. And then on top of that, like, um, you find that like, like there's not one doctor coming. It's like a group of doctors because they want to see firsthand what it's like. Like, wow, that's that's fucked up. That is not okay. It's kind of fucked up, but then sometimes it's like they don't know. So that's them learning. It's yeah. like kind of anatomy where they have like a. I get it's like a teaching hospital, but at the end of the day, like I can understand them wanting to see how it's being treated, but if they're not even treating you yet and they're just running around bringing more people, that's not okay. I don't think that's. But it's not like it's not like that. It's like let's say if if you're the doctor, so Doctor Linda Kamau is there, and then she has like her now the whole like not the whole. Yeah, so how about an instance where, like, the whole hematology um, section? I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense because it's very neglected in, like, the Western countries. So they want to know what to do. Mm-hmm. So they have to tell them, this is what I'm feeling um, because mm-hmm. of this. And I don't mind it, but then I will honestly, like, they need to be, the doctors in Australia, I've not really experienced that anywhere else. Yeah. It, they need to, like, eh it's it's tough like it's it's hard yeah yeah that's that's really messy because like we've discussed medical bias on the podcast before talk about it with a sunday but on a different scale but really like if you're overweight and you go to a doctor and you complain about anything like yeah. type of like literally just any illness the first step is always like maybe you should consider losing some weight and it's like 
Ish. I we understand that that's an established problem, but yeah, that doesn't mean that you send me home with that notion. Like you should still do the other tests because a, a lot of the time, like black women's pain specifically, it's always black women, is neglected yeah. because of these old theories and these old textbooks that were written where they basically again used black women like lab rats and they assumed incorrectly of course that they didn't feel any pain and so mm-hmm. they were just like raro are you stay apart for no, for no reason other than for medical research and you know it's very dehumanizing to be treated that yeah. way and it also results in a lot of like women experiencing like birth defects or like having to get emergency C-sections because they weren't given the proper like pain medic- medication while they were trying to do a natural childbirth. And it's it's really messed up. Like there's so many ways yes. that we, we as women are neglected. So I can only imagine like how much exponentially worse it is if you have an existing condition, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but I was actually going to ask you about the impact that all of this has had like all these experiences you actually no there's one more thing I was gonna ask before that Mm -hmm. is what about like the the cost the cost effectiveness like so you're in Kenya yeah you're getting treated faster you're getting treated by doctors who understand it Mm. is it like do you have like insurance that covers everything there is it something you have to pay out of pocket and versus being in Australia is it like an insurance situation do you have to pay I know for the ambulance, they're going to make you pay regardless. But <laughs> yeah, what's what's that difference like? Yeah, so um, honestly, like I have insurance in both countries. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad. And I moved out of Kenya when I was 18. So, I mean, I was a minor before that. So I genuinely do not know what the medical people... parents did something. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, like you can, you can even just have a rough estimate if you're getting sick maybe five times a year mm. and you're you've been admitted to hospital for at least a week each, you know yeah each time you're doing x-rays you're doing blood tests you know like you can just you can imagine what the bill can be like yeah it's, it's a lot of money i'm sure even the insurance the coverage is, is very high yeah yeah it's not like your, your step one essential insurance Tech. yeah yeah but in australia um so i applied for something known as private private, private medical care something like that mm-hmm. but anyways um i think you can apply for that if you have um like a medical like a chronic illness or something yeah. but in one instance i remember like the first time i got sick i remember seeing the bill and i was like how the heck am I supposed to get this money? Like, mm. you know, it was about, I don't want to say the price, but being a student and in first year, especially. Like it's nothing was, you could afford. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't working. Like I get money from my parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was supposed to afford a bill that's in the thousands, you know, like. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. it's, it's, very, it's very worrisome, especially abroad. But um, I, I found a way around that. So I found that after that one time, I don't have to pay as much because there's a specific type of, of um, insurance you can go for that caters to people who have, like who get sick frequently. Right, yeah, as there should be. Because like, yeah. that was the point of insurance, if not for that specific purpose, you know? Yeah. If I'm not wrong, but I know yeah. after that, I've really had, had a really bad encounter with like um, with my bills mm. usually they, they they don't go past like the hundred oh okay. but like if i get if i get admitted in hospital definitely like they'll spike yeah because like, like, yeah like you find like an x-ray co- will cost like maybe like somewhere between 100 and 200 dollars yeah like and that should that. take like what two seconds to take a picture like what yeah it, like I'm t- I've I've had a lot of like dental drama. I've told you about this before. <laughs> and, uh, I've gotten yeah. some ridiculous bills, like bills that have made me cry in the dentist's office. Because <laughs> like wow. I just like I was like I don't have this money. Like you, I'm 20 years old. I'm unemployed. <laughs> what do you want yeah. me? To do? 
yeah it was it was really bad so yeah i can imagine australia is just as expensive as the u.s yeah but some citizens are lucky those guys don't have to pay yeah exactly even Mm. something called medicaid and medicare i forgot which one is which but one of them is for like retired people and it's all inclusive like you get like dental checkups all all the essential things you would need and it's completely free you don't have to pay anything at all but i think medicare yes um, yeah i think with medicare it's like for younger people like if you're under 65 or something yeah you make less than a certain amount of money so i think if you make less than Thirty-five thousand dollars, though you can get on Medicare. Yeah, if you're a citizen. Mm. Yeah, like even in Australia, in Australia um, yeah. if you're a citizen or a resident, you don't pay. But like for me, I'm an international student, so if I go to the emergency room, that is six hundred dollars hey. just to be by a doctor. That's <laughs> tough, man. I don't understand. <laughs> like okay. in a perfect. <laughs> a student six hundred dollars yeah <laughs> where are you gonna get that money man <laughs> like in a perfect world obviously no one would want to pay for any kind of medical attention because it should be essential like i'm sorry it should be to me honestly i'm just like huh like you shouldn't have to pay for medical care or for like water or food mm-hmm. Like those are things you need to survive, man. <laughs> it's not. I mean, if you're getting like a boob job or so, like cosmetic surgery, that's not. It's not like a requirement. It's a, it's yeah, a choice, yeah. you know. It's a choice, and you can do it if you want. A luxury, if anything. Yeah, yeah, it's a luxurious choice. It's, it's and I understand that one. In fact, they should even make it more expensive just just to, to compensate for the regular. <laughs> For the regular yeah. people, I just need to get an x-ray done, you know? <laughs> like, shit. <laughs> it's so crazy. So sad. Yeah. But, like, yeah. So my follow-up was just, like, how has this affected your personal, like, mental health? Like, how? Because, obviously, it's it's very inconveniencing. Obviously, this is something you kind of have to go through alone. Yeah. as much as your friends and family want to be there for you they can't always be there the whole time yeah so yeah how, how are you dealing with it so when i was younger it's it's very depressing like especially like when you're an age where you don't understand like i said before it feels like you're you're not synchronized in your own body yeah it feels like you're out of touch with your body like i want to do this like i like doing this but no like your body has refused and it's like it is punishing you in the worst way possible you know mm-hmm. so like having to give up things like swimming it was really sad you know and like mm-hmm. isolating myself from my friends at that age and then I myself don't even understand what I'm going through like I'm seven I imagine like someone a seven-year-old asking you like what's going on yeah. how do you even expect that age you know yeah, yeah so you know, as I've matured, it's like I've learned that some some things are honestly just not for me, and that's fine. But like in today's society, you find that people are so judgmental, like so judgmental. If you have made a decision by yourself to not indulge in some things, people mm-hmm. will just automatically assume, "Oh, you're so boring." Like, you know, like they label you things you're not. Like, I'm not boring for not wanting to drink or yeah. because I. <laughs> this one time you know like there's other things going on in my life you know but it's it, it's very there's a lot of shame surrounding it even now like I still battle with a lot of shame mm. not being able to like do things that my pe- people my age can do it gets really isolating at times because it's like gosh I'm going through this again there's, there was a point in time where like um, I had gotten sick three consecutive times like three times in a row so I remember just feeling this is not like <laughs> okay I'm about to go like in deep here yeah. but I remember thinking if this is what my life is going to be like then I genuinely not even want to be alive oh, no. like because I'm not living like genuinely I'm suffering because I would get sick for a whole week in the hospital the second week I'm out but like 
my body is still very weak. I'm still in pain. So I'm still home. I can't still, I can't do like things. And then the third week I'm sick again. So we're back to square one. So it was like that for like a month and a bit. So like I said, yeah, it gets very depressing. Like ish. sometimes I'm like, I just don't want this. But then, um, uh, yeah, like, yeah, I think as you get older, mm-hmm. you accept it and be like, you know what? Like, it's either I fight this thing and I'm not just going to keep suffering or I just accept it and learn myself and learn how to manage it and live with it. Yeah. Because what else can I do? Yeah, you just have this one life, man. Yeah. Oh, man, I never I never realized like how deep it would get because you do feel quite isolated from the people around you, yeah? Yeah, especially after I moved to Melbourne, like, Mm-hmm. My mom would come over there too. Like, because when I would get sick in Kenya, my mom would come every single day and she'd make sure she has foods and like mm-hmm. a home cooked meal because hospital food is shit. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Melbourne, I would go a whole weekend. I have no one has seen me, no one has come to visit me. So it's like, guy, like, hey, I'm alone in this world. You know, it's mom. so sad. It's tough, <laughs> up, but I'm not even gonna lie, even when I'm not sick. Gosh, like I have no one. Or like you'll find someone was planning to come and you get so excited, like, yes, I finally have someone to talk to. And then it's like, oh sorry, I can't come because something came up. And I'm like, Yeah, I understand, but I'm so sad. <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck. Now I'm like, I should have flown to Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, generally it's very draining and tiring, but yeah it's okay it's fine but yeah now as your friends and your family as your support system how do you suggest that the people around you can help other people around or people who are like related to people that have sickle cell like how can they be more supportive mm. honestly just by being there you know mm. like honestly there's nothing that you can do like to take away the pain literally nothing yeah yeah but i honestly find that when i have someone who just sits there they may not even necessarily be just don't even talk it mm. just take it makes you feel like okay like i can get through this i don't know how mm. but yeah so just like being there for the person i would say even I, I would really appreciate it. Like if, if when people around me ask questions and try to learn about what I'm going through, I'm like, that's, that's nice. Because they're, <laughs> like, they're showing interest. Yeah. You yeah. know, they may not necessarily do anything just by learning about it is, is a step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what else? Yeah. Like I don't expect major things from people really. Cause I genuinely understand like people have their own things. Mm-hmm. but yeah i would just say just just someone physically being present or even emotionally like just call to check up like when i'm sick or ask me like oh yeah what did the doctor say yeah. that's all i that, that's all i would pretty much expect i don't expect anything mm-hmm. yeah okay that's good to it's good to know because like i didn't realize how messed up these doctors were like I'm still so pissed off about this. These hematologists, like, excuse me, did you not go to medical school? You should know what you're supposed to be doing. But I guess, you know. Is it even their fault? Like, if it's not I think taught. It's the system. Yeah, I don't think they're being taught everything they need. Yeah. Because, again, like, it's, it's more popular. It's a more, not popular, but it's a more common illness in sub-Saharan Africa, like you said. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can understand that, but they need to go. They need to find like a different approach for treating Honestly, someone when they don't know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, but it's mainly like even train, training the nurses because you find that doctors like will honestly take the steps that they need to take. Mm. But the nurses that I've dealt with sometimes are just there, like because no, I'm not even blaming nurses out there, but like some people just don't know, so they will treat this like any other emergency that may need like may not need like um what is it called urgent attention yeah because yeah. then those the nurse i dealt with once i was just like bro 
like please just listen to what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> i'm not faking it i'm not here to get drugs <laughs> i'm genuinely sick like i need help yeah i can also yeah. understand that that hesitation for them to give you like like painkillers because you you mentioned like having to take morphine yeah okay. yeah hey the number of people that go to hospitals lying <laughs> about, about chronic pain back pain i don't know what 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 <laughs> so they can get that kind of medicine yeah those, those are addicts so there's they, they need to be careful to to wean that out but still i don't know man i don't know if you have like a a place where you've been before and actually have records of you having been mm-hmm. in that hospital then they have no excuse right i think that's just that's them being messed up yeah but honestly now i've learned i live next to hospital actually yeah. i live five minutes away from the hospital which is really good so that's the hospital that i always go to Mm. um so they have my records and everything my mm. hematologist is there so that's good i think she's on time so they know they or, or rather they're learning yeah so it's fine just go, going to the same hospital really helps because it yeah. have your ready mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well yeah let's I think we've we've really <laughs> exhausted the topic <laughs> and i was going to find a nice little segue talk about the lack of knowledge about it being criminal so we could get back to 19 crimes but i forgot what my sentence was <laughs> so thank you for talking about sickle cell i feel like i've learned more about this illness today than mm-hmm. i've known about it the whole time we've been friends <laughs> so this is a really good education for me and for you for viewers because you know what this more than one chronic illness like there's people suffering from other illnesses that i probably know as little about <laughs> as i knew about this before you know so yeah. yeah it's really important for us to have these kinds of conversations i'm glad you came in today but before you go we have to talk about the wine we're talking yeah. about 19 crimes so i picked mm-hmm. this wine again because like it has a very interesting name and like obviously you're wondering what these 19 crimes are aren't you <laughs> wait, wait 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 pause 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 uh-huh. see, okay maybe you're gonna go into it maybe i just cut you off <laughs> it's actually named after wait, what 19 crimes committed before this wine or like why no. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 it's not for the wine so Oh, actually because there's a nice little the good thing about the bottle is actually at the back they have a nice summary right there that explains okay. what the 19 crimes are i mean there's a list of the crimes on the website and i'm going to read them to you in a second but essentially these 19 crimes turned criminals into colonists so upon conviction of one of if you if you had if you did one of those 19 crimes yeah. the British rogues were sentenced to live in Australia as opposed to being killed. Yeah. So they were transported by ship and this started in 1788. And yeah. A lot of these a lot of these criminals died at sea because obviously sailing was very different back then, you know. You get scurvy yeah. or whatever like it, people were not surviving these these long ass trips, but yeah. once but the few that actually made it to the shore got to australia and the whole um the whole punishment was basically to build the new country <laughs> that was their job so much of what australia looks like today was created by these criminals <laughs> that were did one of these 19 crimes essentially and this this bottle is really cool because they have so it has like a picture If you're yeah. on Instagram and you want to see what we're talking about, go ahead and follow Merlo and me and you can see the photo that I'm talking about. But it's got a photo of the guy. So each bottle, each type of wine has a different guy on the cover. And oh. yeah, but all of them, except for Snoop Dogg, who happens to be on the latest one, he's not, he's not a British rogue who was sentenced to Australia. But apparently, I guess he did a collaboration with them. But it's got a picture of the guy and... it comes along with directions to use the augmented reality app and basically yeah. if you have the app if you put your phone like your camera in front of the photo it's like he talks to you and he tells you what he did 
and it's really crazy yeah but yeah the big question of the day is what exactly are these fucking crimes that made people get shipped to another country no i'm gonna read them because it's crazy oh. like Ruby, okay, okay. i'm not even joking we would have been in australia <laughs> if we were alive back then <laughs> we would be in australia because we've done some of these crimes <laughs> yeah so number one is grand larceny what's that sorry yeah it's it's basically theft but the definition of grand larceny again this is 1788 so for them hey. theft grand larceny was theft above the value of one shilling okay <laughs> so if you did if you stole more than one one shilling you're going to you're going to australia number two is petty larceny so theft under one shilling you're still going to australia hell that's the second crime so it's like what so either way if you still you're going to australia so theft was very important you'll see it again in so many of these So number three was buying or receiving stolen goods, jewels, or plates. I think by plates, they mean like fancy china. But <laughs> yeah, so buying or, stealing, buying or receiving stolen goods, you're going to Australia. Stealing iron, lead, or copper, or buying or receiving stolen iron, lead, or copper, you're going to, <laughs> you're going to Australia. Number Huh? But why specifically those? I think, I think it was very valuable at that okay. time. Yeah, because 1788, I don't, know, I don't know if that's technically the Industrial Revolution, but I'm assuming it's around the time when people were thinking about factories and that, and that sort of production. Yeah. So I think, yeah, these, these were like precious, well, not precious, but very valuable everyday metals that people needed to use. So, yeah. Yeah. Number five, crime number five is actually my favorite one. <laughs> It's impersonating an Egyptian. Okay, what? <laughs> I, don't <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know for what reason people were doing this. And I don't know why they were being believed if they were in fucking Britain. <laughs> right? What the fuck? I don't know, but yeah, that 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 was something that would send you to Australia. Number six, again, is stealing, stealing from furnished lodgings. So if you went to a hotel or somewhere like that and you stole from them, you're going to Australia. Number seven is setting fire to underwood. Now, I had to Google what underwood means. Ask <laughs> that. What the hell does that mean, you know? So underwood is the small shrubs or the small trees growing beneath the taller timber trees. So you know how they use timber to build yeah. the- buildings so these are like the, the small trees that grew around <laughs> that's the underwood so if you stole that you're going to australia <laughs> uh, number eight is stealing letters or advancing the postage or, sec- or secreting the money i don't know what's secreting the money i guess it's stealing money oh, out of envelopes yeah. yeah so again there's a lot of stealing in this <laughs> that's like the main that's the main theme if you stole anything you're going to australia Number nine is actually the most practical one, is yeah. assault with intent to rob. So you okay. Need, yeah, that, that, that's valid. I don't know about <laughs> impersonating an Egyptian, but <laughs> assault makes sense. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so number 10 is stealing fish from a pond or a river. <laughs> Now, what did you tell me? Yeah. No, not even that. Like, how are you stealing? It's a, it's a river. Are people like, allowed, not allowed to fish? What the hell? Plus, plus aren't... Anyways, maybe it's just me. But the waters belong to, our, to countries. I think they do, yeah. I think if you have a river or like a lake... Because, like, I mean, think about the way Kenya and Uganda... That's a very pointless argument about the uh, victory. Yeah. <laughs> what is it called? Bigingo. Bigingo. Yeah, bigingo. <laughs> like what? Like I promise you, if you don't, if you're not familiar, I think 70% of Lake Victoria is in Uganda. <laughs> Very little of it is in Kenya. <laughs> But this was the. Not from us. 
Yeah, but it was still a very people are saying it's Kenya. It's like it is in Tanzania, guys. Yeah. They were saying it because there's a hiking trail where you can start from from Kenya. I'm like, come on. But the peak, where's the peak? Right? Tanzania. Like, let's stop playing these games. But yeah, that that's number 10. If you steal fish from a pond or a river, you're going to Australia. Um here's a number another ridiculous one. Stealing roots trees or plants or destroying them <laughs> so if which is i think that's that's not bad like the last part is okay don't don't destroy the trees i don't think that's a reason to get deported like because <laughs> i don't think that's a valid reason still yeah bear in mind most of these guys died on the on the on the ships taking them to australia they didn't even make it very few of them actually made it to australia that makes a lot of sense because that it's far have you seen how much like literally any piece of land oh god i'm trying to imagine like how they had to go they probably had to go around africa maybe dock in south africa from from okay. okay yeah Let's check maps. Because there's no way they could go around Asia. That's too. That's too large. Too large. Plus, you'll be like in Antarctica. Um, is it a North Pole? Yeah, yeah, the Arctic Circle or something like that. Yeah, whatever. Because there's yeah. So this other thing, I used to when I was a kid. <laughs> when I was a kid, I think I was in kindergarten. There was like a song that they taught us to to know the continents. Yeah, yeah. And like North America, South America. <laughs> Uh, Europe, Africa, Asia, and then they say, "Don't forget Australia, don't forget Antarctica." <laughs> but like, what about the Arctic Circle? Is that not a continent? <laughs> I don't know because it's it's big, but it's not. I guess it's it's not counted as a continent because there's the North, the North Pole, because Antarctica is the South Pole. Yeah. So let's the North. These guys came all the way from England. Yeah. Oh, right. They have to go through around Africa. Yeah. Do you know how yeah. long that is? Yeah, this must have been months of sailing. Even year. Okay, yeah, months, not years. Maybe like <laughs> a year. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a full year. Because this yeah, I was thinking that there was a passage between like the Middle East and Africa, but it's there's they, no it's no, lot. There's, no, there's a there's a Suez Canal. I think that's what it's called. Oh yeah. But no, like like it's, it's I don't know if it goes over. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. that's something that they probably could have used, but I don't think it was active at that time because the construction of that was in 1859. That is and crazy. This these 19 crimes, people started being sent to Australia in 1788. So that's like a clean Wow, wow, 100 years <laughs> ahead of the time, you know. Okay, that is a long journey, it is, it's really long. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But yeah, so even if you destroyed trees, you're going to Australia. <laughs> um, another one that I found very interesting is bigamy. Do you know what bigamy is? No, so bigamy is trying to marry someone that is already married. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to australia <laughs> that's summary if you try to marry a married woman you're going to australia <laughs> what if like there's a man trying to marry a married woman and yeah. the woman loves him and she wants if divorce was even a thing back then again yeah i don't think they were divorcing back then i think only like kings could get divorces i don't think average people could get a divorce gay 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 yeah so yeah, yeah, you're going to Australia. If you try to, try to marry a married woman or marry a married man, it's a wrap. So yeah, that's number 12. Number 13 is assaulting, cutting, or burning clothes. What the hell? <laughs> cutting or burning. If you're does that not doesn't that mean that like if you're a fucking seems like that <laughs> going to Australia or something. What about the cobblers? Like <laughs> these make shoes, they're cutting holes in shoes. Yeah. Why? Like, mm-hmm. what is the criteria for this thing? Maybe they have a pass or something. Like, yeah, if you're cutting, 
these are the, <laughs> these are the crimes man i'm telling you oh uh, yeah so yeah the next one is number number 14 is counterfeiting the copper coin so if you if you try to make fake coins that's valid mm-hmm. like you, you could be in trouble for that i accept that one number 15 is interesting it's clandestine marriages so yeah so actually i came across the word clandestine very recently because i was rewatching um what's this show sugar Mm. Yeah, listen, yes. you know what uh, is. It's an MTV show. It started in Kenya and then I think it went to Nigeria and then South Africa and it's really interesting. They talk about like HIV and like sex. sort of like sex and young adult mm. relationships and like sponsors and that type of thing. But yeah, yeah so in, in the in the season that was in Kenya, um Lupita Nyong'o was calling her her sugar daddy basically a clando. And I was like, why is she calling him a clando? She's like, it's a clandestine. So apparently these are, these are any types of relationships that are secret or not public, essentially. Exciting. Yeah, so if you have, if you have a, a fuck buddy on the low, he's your clandestine. <laughs> that's what you oh. should call him. <laughs> oh, that's what like ages ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but damn. Yeah, this is, that's what clandestine means. But yeah, so if you had a clandestine marriage, so... a marriage that had an element of secrecy maybe you stole someone or you did it without a marriage license or it wasn't in yeah. a church you're going to australia <laughs> now i don't know if that means that both the people in the marriage like both parties had to go to jail and had to go to australia i'm not sure but i think it like theoretically it should be both but from what i've been reading it sounds like only the men were being sent away Okay, I was going to ask what about the ladies like yeah it doesn't seem like any women were sent to australia because yeah. i think the idea like, was these they're going to go do manual work and build yeah. the country okay, that makes so sense they wanted like strong criminals so i don't i don't think every single crime was sent there but if you were a man of like decent stature i guess and you committed one of these 19 crimes they would send you there yeah okay that was the idea yeah so probably all the men were sent but i don't think women were sent that much and yeah. also this is back in 1788 women were seen as like property to be married off yeah. <laughs> you know back when back when our parents expected a dowry <laughs> <laughs> and some of them still do but that's okay <laughs> yeah so number 14 i already said number 14 Well, number 16. Um that's stealing a shroud out of a grave. What the fuck is a shroud? Uh a shroud is a length of cloth on enveloping garment in which a dead person is wrapped in before burial. So if they What? put you in like a cloth, like a loin cloth, <laughs> or they wrapped you up. Yeah, and you were buried that, that's what they would bury you in. It's called a shroud. So if you okay. stole that from a grave, you're going to Australia. I think that's valid. That's weird. Why you stealing? Why you stealing from graves? I have no business being in people's graves, but I don't think that's a valid reason. No, but they you're not even stealing like money. You're stealing their clothes. That's like some indecent stuff. <laughs> I feel like back then it's a, it, it must have been a very bad crime, you know. I I think that back then maybe it was more valid than now because maybe people were so poor that they just didn't have decent clothes so they were like you know what this person is dead oh, let me just True. get that clothes. True. So I don't think that's bad but considering the time but I don't think a shroud is like an outfit it's not like a cloth that wraps the body. Yeah so maybe you can use it as a towel I don't, what exactly are you using it for? <laughs> Why are you even doing it in the first place? Like, what makes someone think, yeah, I'm just gonna go to the grave and steal that? Like, yeah, exactly. Crime. <laughs> yeah. So number seventeen is an interesting one. It's watermen carrying too many passengers on the Thames, <laughs> and if they if they drowned, if one of your passengers drowned, you're going to Australia. <laughs> I, I'm assuming watermen is like the the loose term that they used for like sailors or yeah. 
fairy man like someone who had a fairy yeah so if you had too many passengers and someone drowned <laughs> you're going to australia <laughs> it's accountability right there i'm telling you it's like if a pilot crashes a plane and he survives he's and someone else died he's going to australia that's the same concept (laughs) yeah uh now we're getting towards the end so number 18 is the incorrigible rogues who broke out of prison or people reprived from capital punishment but yeah, so if you were a previous criminal and you escaped jail, yeah, then yeah, you're going to Australia <laughs> and they catch you, and then you're going to Australia because you, ex- you already escaped the prison the first time. So it's yeah. to go to a, a, a worse place. And that, that one doesn't sound bad. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the very last one, mm-hmm. I don't know what that word is. Wow. I'm boiling and boiling naval stores oh okay so again it's stealing i don't know why this language is so weird (laughs) if you're stealing from a naval store so like and it says in certain cases asterisks (laughs) because i guess if you stole maybe if you stole like food or something from a naval store then you're going to australia that feels like a stretch because maybe you're just hungry (laughs) (laughs) you just want some fish (laughs) but The one for fishing from the river. <laughs> oh, fuck. Jesus. You're going to deport someone for fishing in a yeah. river. So crazy. Saying, I think if any of these crimes are committed now, most of them wouldn't have any kind of criminal offense, to be honest. Except for like the assault one. Yeah. Burning clothes. I think stealing letters is still a crime. You can't steal a letter. Oh, yeah. That one. Yeah, no one is. Yeah. Yeah. But stealing petty larceny theft under one shilling <laughs> I don't know. whoever made these 19 crimes or whatever they were classist as fuck because yeah it's poor people exactly like yeah. like the person going to steal the cloth from the grave mm-hmm. i don't think anyone would ever do that unless they were very desperate exactly yeah all of these seem like, to get rid of like like these like poor people honestly i think they were just trying to send them away to work on these things that's what it's saying to sound like because if i lived in 19 in 1788 i would have been in australia (laughs) probably for impersonating an egyptian or some shit i don't know (laughs) that one that one is i don't even know what was going through that person's head (laughs) i can't imagine how many people had to do it before it became a crime (laughs) <laughs> right like it wasn't just one guy <laughs> this must have happened a ton of times for them to say this is enough for us to deport you to another country no but even that like That's... who just decides here yeah, let, let's make fun of egyptians let me just impersonate like i don't <laughs> understand <laughs> like what are you getting i guess maybe they could act like they were a royal person like a fair yeah. But still, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So, yeah, the the man on this specific bottle, the Shiraz, his name is James Keeley. And he was convicted and sent to Western Australia for life. So I guess some of them maybe were sent back. His imprisonment was for life. But he was granted a pardon by the king in 1905. He was sent to Australia when? In 1866, yeah. He was convicted oh. of high treason in 1866. Yeah, okay. And he was pardoned in 1905. I don't know why. And it's the king who pardoned him. That's very interesting. Anyways, I don't think that really matters. What matters yeah. is that this is a cool bottle of wine. And <laughs> we've learned a lot about crime in 1788. <laughs> I can't believe this. But yeah, this this company or this wine brand, 19 Crimes, they have a red blend, a red blend. They have a Cabernet Sauvignon. They have a Shiraz, which is what we're drinking today. They have a Rosé. They have a California Red, which is the Snoop Dogg one. <laughs> and yeah, and then they have a Pinot Noir. And oh, and, and now they have a hard Chardonnay. That's oh, there's a woman. There's a woman on this one. Okay, 
this is a good point as any to wrap up the podcast but ruby thank you so much for being here and opening up about a very obviously personal and sensitive matter but yeah. also for educating me and whatever listeners are on the podcast right now really appreciate it and i look forward to having more conversations like this in future episodes yeah it was a nice chat i enjoyed i guess educating you and whoever's listening on yeah. condition mm-hmm. and i didn't mean to like you know depress people because i know at some point for me as well it got quite heavy yeah um, but it's important yeah, like, yeah it is like i feel like we should have more conversations surrounding illnesses and disabilities and mm-hmm. just that whole topic in general yeah it's it's bringing the quote unquote others closer yeah. to us so that so that you can eliminate this idea of normal people and not right. like everyone's normal it's just people have right. different different illnesses different disabilities and that's uh, that shouldn't make any that's not a reason to like exclude them from the discussion mm. and even like debunking ableism and mm-hmm. also like looking at how you know it can be how certain things in life are ableist or like yeah just even things because i feel like we do actually have a long way to go in catering to people who have illnesses and and disabilities Oh for sure we're very far from that but we need yeah. to we need to start we have to start somewhere otherwise it's never going to yeah. happen yeah yeah but yeah thanks so much for being here and the listeners thank you so much for listening um if you want to see more about 19 crimes you can always hop on our instagram and see the little description we have on there or you can go on the website i think if you just google 19 crimes you'll find it <laughs> but yeah please don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with some of the other wine lovers in your life and i'll see you all or i'll hear from you all <laughs> next week bye hi guys